When life gives you lemons, you create a podcast. So if you're not on the YouTube side, please hop on right now so you can see our lovely guest. She's here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, but please welcome YouTuber, Disney influencer, and future author, Crystal Everdeen. Yay! Hello! Thank you guys so much for inviting me to be a part of your podcast today. Thank you so much for coming. So we're just going to kick off this episode. I feel like we should let them know. This is a, a very funny moment, but also a little like, ah. <laughs> so this is our second round, Lemon Talkers. Um, I take the blame. It was my fault. I wasn't recording the first time. So we're, we're doing it again. It's all right. We're getting that amazing content for you all. So. Yeah, Our apologies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Go ahead, Dulce. Um, so please introduce yourself one more time for our lemon talkers. <laughs> um, who who you are, what you do, um, and all the great stuff. Okay, awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Crystal Everdeen, and I would be considered a Disney influencer. Um, uh, but I like to think of myself as just, you know, a YouTuber who loves to share her experiences um, through my adventures, my crochet knowledge, and just like fun things in general. Um, I'm also uh, going to be an author, or rather I am an author, but I'm waiting for my book to be published this June, which is very exciting as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. And we're excited for you to <laughs> join us. Thank you. So our question next is that, how did you get into being a Disney influencer and YouTuber? And then what inspired you to continue the job? Okay, so my, I guess I have to like tell you my entire social media journey and then we could get to the Disney. Sorry, this is going to be really long. <laughs> but so I first started my social media journey by uh, sharing crochet tutorials on my YouTube channel. I really wanted to be a YouTuber like since forever. So I um, started sharing crochet tutorials. I noticed that a lot of people really enjoyed the crochet tutorials. So I just continued making more. And I was known as like the crochet person on YouTube, especially because when I started making crochet tutorials, there weren't a lot of people doing that. The only kind of crochet tutorials that, that were being shared on YouTube at the time were like the typical, you know, granny <laughs> projects like scarves and blankets and like socks or beanies, like kind of things like that. Not necessarily crochet tops, like the ones that I share. So that gained popularity. I started to gain a following on YouTube. And then I opened an Instagram and I didn't really know what to do on Instagram. I was kind of sharing my crochet top photos, like beach pictures. Like, I don't know. I didn't really care too much about Instagram until a couple of years later, I got in Disneyland annual pass and I started sharing my adventures throughout Disneyland. And um, once I started sharing my adventures through Disneyland, I was able to like kind of become part of the Disney community that's online. I didn't even know that there was a Disney community online, but once I found it, I felt at home because for the longest time, I thought that, you know, uh, once you pass a certain age, you're not pre pretty much not allowed to like Disney anymore and that I was a weirdo. But then once I realized that I'm not a weirdo, there's a ton of people who are adults and love Disney. It's perfectly fine. And I loved it. So I became part of the Disney community. 
And from there, a lot of opportunities opened up. So that was kind of my journey. I went from just crochet to after I got my annual pass, I started spending a lot of time at Disneyland, sharing my uh, adventures and my outfits and stuff uh, that I wore to Disneyland. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into becoming a Disney influencer. Thank you. And like you said, your audience has grown. So Dulce wants to ask you a question about collaborations. So uh, I guess a question I wanted to ask was, how do you do these collaborations? How do you work with these different brands such as Box Lunch, Hot Topic, Shein, Danielle Nicole? Um, and how do you feel just being a part of them? Well, I feel amazing being able to work with these uh, really fun bigger brands and it, it all started and it kind of continues to be this way it all started by um a brand actually reaching out to me just kind of randomly I don't know how the heck they found me but I'm so grateful that they did so I'll tell you the story of how me working with brands all started so after um just a couple months of uh, being in the Disney community and sharing my um, adventures throughout Disneyland and my outfits and stuff, um, I received a an email from Box Lunch, and I love Box Lunch. Um, they're one of my favorite stores ever. So when I received the email, I was like, "Holy cow, this is amazing!" And they uh, offered me an opportunity to go to a Halloween event, um, which was the Freeform Halloween House. And they said, well, the only catch is that you have to go tomorrow. Like the event is tomorrow, so you have to go. So that's why I'm thinking that even though I was fairly new to the Disney community, uh, then uh, and I would think that they would invite someone who's like bigger or more well-known. But because it was so last minute, I'm thinking that I kind of got lucky in a sense that nobody else was available. So they invited me. I like absolutely dropped everything. I was like, I'm, I have to go to this event because if I don't go to this event, then they'll probably think like, oh, she's, you know, difficult to work with or whatever. So I wanted to open up that door so I could pot potentially work with them again in the future. So I made sure to go to that event and it was so much fun. I was able to be featured on the Box Lunch website or uh, not the website, the uh, page, the Instagram page. And from there, I gained even more followers. And I believe, I want to say that by going to that event, it also helped me um, be discovered by Disney because the event that I went to was a freeform event and freeform is owned by Disney. So I'm thinking that because I went there, I took photos there, I shared the event that people at Disney uh, discovered me. And um, just a few days later, I was contacted by Disney to attend my first Disney event, which was like an ice cream event in Ample Hills in, in Los Angeles. It was like an ice cream shop that just opened and they were coming out with a new Disney collection for Mickey's 90th birthday, I think. And um, I went to that because again, I was like, this is a Disney event. I'm definitely 100% going to this thing um, to open the doors to, to potentially work with Disney again. So I guess it all started kind of randomly. If I had said no to that one random opportunity from Box Lunch, then who knows it were, if I would have been where I am today. Um, but when it comes to working with other kinds of brands like I do today, it's either they do reach out to me kind of randomly or I purposely um, try to be discovered by these brands as in like Shein. So for Shein, uh, my goal was to be discovered by Shein. So I actually would purchase um, Shein products just on my own and then share 
uh, videos and like hauls about them and tag them in my photos and stuff. And eventually, I think like two months after I started doing that, she and themselves reached out to me and were like, hey, we'll send you clothes if you continue to make these videos and these posts. So that's how I started with Shein. And then uh, with other with other brands, I either do the same thing where I, um, I share about them first and then I either reach out to them or they end up reaching out to me. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much how me working with these brands work. They either reach out to me or I share about them, be like, hey, I really like your brand. Can we work together? Yeah. That's so cool because I know I've always been interested in that, like seeing what some of my favorite YouTubers and then they do those collab videos. I was like, wow, they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but our next question is, you are about to come out with the book. So can you tell us more about what the book is about? And then what's the process like of writing a book and then publishing it? Okay, so so exciting. So my book is called Casual Cosplay and it's about character inspired outfits. It's pretty much a step by step guide on how I put together my outfits. And um, well, the process of how I wrote the book or how I got this opportunity was also very weird. Again, random. I got an email from a publisher called Tiller Press, and uh, the email made it seem like they wanted me to promote a book, like they're going to send me a book so I could post about it. And I was like, uh, you know, not really interested. So I kind of ignored it for like two weeks. And then I was going <laughs> through my emails again, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll see what what their proposal is and what this book is about that they want me to promote. So I emailed them. And they're, they're like, oh, well, can, if you're interested, can we uh, schedule a call? Which was really weird because usually with these kinds of um, opportunities, it's all just through email, like um, what are your rates? And this is what we want you to promote. And this is how we want you to promote it. Um, but this one, they actually wanted to call me, which I thought was really weird because I'm like, everything could be done through email, but okay. So I called them and they're like, yeah, so we want you to write the book. I was like, oh, you don't want me to promote a, a, a book that already exists? Like, you want me to write one? Like, that's just so random. And they're like, yeah, so we came across, I don't know what they came across, either my YouTube videos or Instagram or blog or something, but we came across your content and uh, we noticed that you are really into Disney bounding and we noticed that there's no book on Disney bounding, so we want you to write the book. And at first I was like, well, I think the first person that you should reach out to is the person who created Disney Bounding. And for those of you who are not familiar with Disney Bounding, it's actually uh, created by someone. It was coined by uh, someone named Leslie Kay, and it was her blog called Disney Bound. She put it together because she wanted to put character inspired outfits together for her next trip to Disney World. And then that kind of just like blew up. So I was like, you should reach out to her um, to write the book. And they're like, oh yeah, we reached out to her already and she's not interested. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> then sure, I'll write it. So originally the book was going to be called Disney Bounding, but then a few months later, Leslie Kay comes out saying that she is writing a book called Disney Bounding. And I was like, oh, well, what's gonna happen now? So we switched it up and instead of, specifically like Disney characters. We also added in like other characters as well from Cartoon Network and Harry Potter and different, uh, you know, uh, fandoms like that. And we changed the name to Casual Cosplay, which is essentially 
Disney bounding, but uh, not just limited to Disney characters. So um, after, you know, the whole, that whole debacle of uh, a Disney bounding book actually coming out in the middle of me trying to write this book, um, we changed it up and uh, I was able to like write the book fairly easily. I've always been like a, a good writer in school. The difficult part was to uh, get the photos because this is a very photo heavy book because I wanna show you all the different outfits. And the reason it was so difficult is because I was writing this book essentially during a pandemic, right at like the worst possible time when fear for this virus was so high and everyone was just absolutely terrified to leave their homes. Nobody wanted to take photos for my book. So that was quite a struggle. In the end, however, before the lockdown happened, uh, I was able to rile up a few of my friends and have a backyard photo shoot to get the photos for all of the outfits. So after we got the photos that I needed, then I spent probably like 11 hours a day writing the rest of the book to meet my deadline. And after that, um, I actually had to go to the hospital because as you can imagine, spending 11 hours a day in front of the computer will mess up your eyes. So um, that was a little like funny thing, funny, but not funny thing that happened to me when I was writing my book. But yeah, in the end, I was able to meet my deadline. I got the number of photos that they told me I needed. And after that, it was just the publishers doing like they went and they, uh, they went, ran it through their editors. They, um, they gave the photos to their graphic design artists. And for probably a couple months, I didn't hear back to, back from them. So my deadline was April. I didn't hear back from them till like August. And when I heard back from them in August, they said, because of the pandemic, we're probably going to have to postpone your book release from April 20, I mean, from October, 2020 to uh, June, 2021. And I was heartbroken, but at the same time, I was kind of excited because this also gave me the opportunity to add some more people in. Since it's going to be postponed, I was like, well, I would like to add more people in because um, when I was pressed for time in the beginning of the year, nobody wanted to take photos. And um, maybe now I could do like little sweepstakes or something uh, for, for a chance to be in my book. So uh, in October, I did 31 days of casual cosplay where I encouraged people to share their casual cosplays. Uh, on Instagram for a chance to uh, be in my book. And it was so much fun. I was so glad that a lot of people actually participated in it. And it was so amazing. Um, so I was able to choose a very, very limited amount of people. I was only able to choose three people because I do have some limitations on what could be like in the photo. Like you, you can't take the photo uh, on Disney property or private property. You can't have any brand showing it. You can't have like a character's face on your clothes. So, and like other things like that. So there are a lot of amazing outfits, but it was very selective. But I was still really glad that I was able to add some more people to the book. So then after October, I sent in the other photos and um, I, I haven't heard back until um, February of 2021. And now we're planning like the marketing and all the nitty gritty details of the release for the book. So that's pretty much been my, my book journey. It was very strange, very different because of the fact that, 
you know, I essentially wrote this during a pandemic, <laughs> but um, yeah. Dulce left us, but that's awesome. Congratulations <laughs> on your book. And I think that was very informative for Dulce because I know one thing Dulce would like to do in the future is write her <laughs> own book. She's very into that stuff as well. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Well, oh yeah, hopefully you guys don't have to write a journey pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys just heard a lot of a lot of information about Crystal's book coming out called Casual Cosplay. So make sure when it comes out, when will it be coming out? It's coming out June. Oh my gosh, I always get confused whether it's June 5th or June 8th. It's coming out in June. It's available for pre-sale now. <laughs> Where can we get, can get our copies? Off Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and BAM, which is Books a Million. <laughs> so go grab yeah. your copy, everyone. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, so now we kind of want to talk about like theme parks, just because we have talked about theme parks in previous episodes. And first thing we wanted to ask you was, are you more of a Disneyland or Disney World person? Oh, I'm definitely more of a Disneyland person, only because I grew up here and Disneyland was the only theme park I was able to go to, like Disney-wise. I've only ever been to Disney World once. So yeah, it's kind of kind of biased, but I would definitely choose Disneyland. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I'm the same. I've been to Disney World once, but it, it's amazing. I love it. Like it's definitely much bigger, but I'm definitely, I think, more of a Disneyland person as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what would you say is your favorite ride at Disneyland? I really love Space Mountain. I that that ride is just so fun <laughs> all the time. I love that you're just like in darkness and you're just going super duper fast and the music that they're playing is just so like hype. It's just, it's so fun. Like the wind blowing in your face and the fact that you can't see where you're going and the music is just so fun, especially when they do. Um, so the regular uh, Space Mountain soundtrack is fantastic. But I also really love the uh, Hyperspace Mountain uh, soundtrack as well. So it's like you're in a Star Wars movie and that's really fun too. But yeah, I would definitely <laughs> say Space Mountain is my favorite. Now, I don't know if you would go to Disneyland like growing up but if you did was there ever like a ride that you were afraid to go on um so when I would go when I was younger I think I was scared of Haunted Mansion only because like the, the whole ride is fine but at the end when they told you that a ghost was gonna follow you home I got so freaked out every time and I would like look behind me and I'm like I don't see it did it did it lose me is it not following me anymore like I was genuinely scared so definitely that that was the only part I didn't like in Haunted Mansion yeah, and then for your cosplays, what has been your favorite outfit, like cosplay character you've taken to Disneyland or Disney World? Oh, my the the first time I ever dressed up at Disneyland was uh during Dapper Day, and it wasn't even a Dapper Day outfit. I was just like so nervous because I would always see people dressing up at Disneyland, and I was like, I want to do that, mm -hmm. but like I'm too nervous to do that. So when Dapper Day came, that, that's um kind of like a mini holiday event or something that they have at Disneyland where they dress like in 50 style but people are dressed up I didn't really know how to dress up in 50 style but all I knew was that people were going to dress up and I wanted to dress up so I dressed up as Princess Leia because I love her she's my favorite princess I, I don't know if like she counts as actually a favorite princess but if she does then Princess Leia is my favorite so I dressed up as Princess Leia and I got so many like compliments and stuff and ever since then I was like you know what I love this I love dressing up uh at Disneyland and just dressing up in general 
Um, I'm gonna keep continue doing this. So um, I love the Princess Leia look because, well, first of all, I could pull it off because I still I have the hair. <laughs> So I look like her kind of, and then the outfit's really easy to put together. It's just all white. And then um, I just, I love Princess Leia in general. So it all worked out. So yeah, she's my, she's my first uh, casual cosplay Disney bound I've ever did. She's an awesome character, easy to put together, kind of look like her. 10 out of 10, my favorite. <laughs> all right. My last Disney question is that. Are there any Disney secrets you know of that, like, you know, not a lot of people know? <laughs> Disney secrets? Not really. I know there's, like, a lot of people who have, like, all this trivia, um, but not really. The only kind of, like, trivia thing that I know is that there's a tree that holds up the sign for the Indiana Jones ride in Adventureland. And if you look down at the stump of that tree, there's a little house there. It's like the size of a little mouse mouse house there. <laughs> there's a little door there. Sometimes it's, there's a light on. And I feel like not a lot of people know that. So that's like the only little trivia that I know of. Well, I definitely, once this all comes to an end and I go next time, I have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm a big universal fan. And I feel like you could probably tell because during our live conversations, I'm always like, universal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I've been to Universal Orlando and Hollywood here. It's really hard to choose, but I guess in your perspective, I know you're more of a Disney fan, but what which one do you enjoy more? Uh, well, I feel like it's not fair because I have never been to the one in Florida. And I heard that the one in Florida is like a million times better than the one that they have here in California. So with that in mind, I would say Disney is way better <laughs> than uh, well, Disneyland is way better than um, Universal Studios here in California. Uh, again, I can't compare the ones in Florida because I've only ever been to one of the parks over there in Florida. And it was a really long time ago before they even had like a bunch of cool stuff. Like they never, they didn't have the Avatar ride. They didn't have, I don't know what else is new over there, but pretty much they, it wasn't as cool as it is right now. Because like, again, I think I went like in... 2009 or 2010 or something and it was again a really long time ago we didn't have the cool stuff there so if I do have to choose between Universal and Disneyland I would go to Disneyland hands down because I know we talked about this a little bit during our live sessions that you say um you really like the event for Halloween Horror Nights that they have so I guess what is your experience with that and I, how do you feel? Cause like, I'm really scared to go to it. And I think I already told you this, but I don't have the guts to do that. I think I'm really scared. So I applaud you for, for being super brave to do that. So what's like your favorite thing about it? Like, do you have a favorite maze? Okay. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to the Halloween events, um, Universal wins for sure. I know the Disney does like a Mickey not so scary event here in uh, Disneyland, California. But it's, it's cool, but it's not as, like, immersive and thrilling as the one in Universal. And I've also gone to other, like, scary events in, um, what else the one I went to? Not Scary Farm, which is cool as well, but I don't know. There's something about Universal. I think it's because, like, that's where they film movies and stuff, that all the monsters and all the mazes are just, like, so dang scary and so fun. And uh, everyone in costume is just, like, such high quality as well. So when it comes to the horror nights, the Halloween events, then for sure I choose 
Universal Studios. But um, anywho, yes, I really love those events. Uh, I like the fact that they're not ever allowed to touch you. So they could just like scream in your face and like scare you and that's it. The like the haunted hayride things where you have to sign a waiver and they could like touch you. I don't like those. Like I would not do those. That's too scary because in my mind, I'd be like, what if somebody who doesn't work here shows up and like actually tries to kill me? Like, I won't know. I would think that they're like faking it. But um, for Universal, they're not allowed to touch you. So it's fine. And when it comes to favorite maze, oh, I don't remember what my favorite maze would be. I think probably I really like the Walking Dead uh, maze that they had. So the backlot tour, they changed it to the Walking Dead theme. And it was when the Walking Dead was like really big. And I was actually a really big fan of the show as well. And they made it so that um, I don't know if you ever I'm sure you've been onto the the tour Universal, but there's a part where you go through um, War of the Worlds, I think. So it's already all messed up and stuff because it's the set of War of the Worlds. So you go through this like disheveled town and it's already spooky as it is going through there at night, but then you add the zombies in there and it's even scarier. So I think that was probably my favorite like maze experience for Universal. The last, it's funny because the last time I went there was in 2019 for my birthday. And I remember going to the Walking Dead attraction. Have you been on it? Oh yeah. So I went with my mom and I'm like, I'm going to be brave today. I'm going to be just put everything aside. I was screaming like. <laughs> oh no. Was- yeah. Then you would not like Universal because the, uh, when that one opened, the Walking Dead attraction, I went through it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so fun. But I was like, oh, that was kind of lame. So if you're scared of that, yeah. then the, um, the, uh, tram, the tram, um, was it called the tram maze that they did was again way more immersive it was out in the open so like people like the zombies could just like run at you anywhere whereas opposed to the attraction where you're kind of in the small space where you're like oh they'll probably pop out of there or whatever but maybe it was just because mm-hmm. I'm more experienced in that so for you who doesn't really go to attractions like that then I'm sure it was like oh that was like random popping out of nowhere kind of deal but for me I kind of already predict when where people are going to pop out from I guess I guess I'm going to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party <laughs> next time. Yeah, you'll be you'll be good there. And there no one tries to scare you there. <laughs> We're gonna get free candy. Yay. Um, Yay. <laughs> um I guess for Universal, what's your favorite ride? Because I know you you like the Harry Potter uh part of it a lot. But is that your favorite ride or do you have another one? Well, my favorite ride used to be the Jurassic Park ride but they recently changed it to Jurassic World and I haven't been on the Jurassic World yet, but I have seen like YouTube videos on it. And I'm like, oh, they took out like so many of my favorite parts of Jurassic Park, the ride. And so I was kind of bummed about that. So, I mean, I would say Jurassic Park, not Jurassic World. When it was Jurassic Park, that was my favorite ride. Um, And then again, I haven't been there in a while. Um, So I would probably just have to say the the Hogwarts ride. I don't know what it's called. in uh, Hogsmeade or I guess it at Hogwarts yeah I've only ever been there once I've only ever ridden it once but it was it was good it's a good ride it scared the heck out of me when the Dementors came out and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I think my uh, my ride actually got stuck on that part so I was just like in front of a Dementor for like a couple minutes I was like yay <laughs> yeah that ride is just like it takes you front back you're just like a full circle (laughs) yeah that one was really good 
Yeah, I agree on the Jurassic Park thing for sure. Jurassic Park was amazing. Jurassic mm-hmm. World, we don't know her. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, but you have um, to show your shirt. Show your shirt. Oh okay. yeah, I got excited because I know that you're like, I look up to you with the amusement park things. So I ended up wearing my uh my Jurassic Park shirt right here. Yes. yes. No Jurassic it, World man. here. <laughs> So we kind of slowly talked about this a little bit, but you like Harry Potter and what house are you in? I'm a Ravenclaw. Yay. (laughs) Yes, I am a proud Ravenclaw. Uh, For the longest time, I didn't want to know what house I was because I loved all of them. I feel like all the houses are fantastic in their own way. And I was like, man, I don't want to commit to just one. But in the end, I need to know what house I'm in and I'll start it into Ravenclaw. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm happy with my house. Yeah, it took me a while to accept mine too. It was oh, it- Hufflepuff, but then oh, it changed to Gryffindor. So, oh, so which one do you do identify with more? I don't know. I do believe that like all the house's qualities fit into one person and that's possible. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say I'm a Gryffindor. So 10 points, Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. Yay! <laughs> um, Joanna needs to take the test, Joe. We have to work on that. Yeah, take the test. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> Maybe I have to work on watching the movies first. Yeah, we talked about it before. I haven't. I've never watched the Harry Potter movies. So. Okay, that's a definite. You need to do that first, <laughs> so you know what the heck's going on. <laughs> I mean, it is intimidating. Like, imagine how long they are, and there's like eight movies. So it's like, yeah. Wow. Honestly, I would say just watch the first one. Just watch the first one, and you get the gist of it, and like you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> it's like a a repeating pattern after that (laughs) um if you could play quidditch would you play quidditch what position if not what type of like class would you teach at hogwarts if you can just choose anything Ooh, okay well since i was very like active in school i was in sports i would probably want to play quidditch i don't know what position i want to be in whatever one is least likely for me to get beat up <laughs> um or knocked off my broom or something um I mean secret would seem cool like you're only focused on catching the the snitch so maybe but I feel like everybody chooses that because that's Harry Potter's um that's what Harry Potter does but uh, I would probably want to play that or like some other sport if they had other sports on at Hogwarts um and if I could choose to teach a class probably potions seems pretty cool like I probably want to teach potions yay that sounds fun I mean I wouldn't know what position to play either I just thought it was a fun question to ask (laughs) yeah it's a fun question to ask I'll I'll probably try out for the team and like if I made it then I would definitely like like to play it (laughs) (laughs) one last question um from you've talked about that you like like the Halloween portion of Universal better than Disney but out of all the events that both Universal and Disney create like what's your favorite Let's see. Hmm. Well, I can only really think of the Halloween Horror Nights one as an event because all the other events like the 90s theme nights or like Star Wars night or like everything else that's different, um, like separate admission um, from Disneyland, I would never actually go to because I'm like, that's expensive. (laughs) So I can't really say uh, when it comes to those events because I haven't been to any. I've been to like part of um, Mickey's Not So Scary because they just didn't kick me out and I was already in the park and I kind of got to see uh, what it was like Uh, but then eventually they're like hey you don't have a wristband you gotta get out I was like okay (laughs) don't ban me from Disneyland please so um I left 
And, you know, people are saying that it's, it's not really worth $80 cause you get, you just get free candy. There's like a uh, picture spots, but it's at night and you can't really like take nice pictures there. And it's just okay. So I never really go to the uh, Disney at night events, um, but Halloween Horror Nights. Now that's fun. That's a lot of fun. I look forward to it every year. I was sad that it was canceled last year and I hope that it comes back this year. Um, the only hard thing about that is that it, it's hard to find people to go with because let's say you're not alone. Like there's a lot of people who are really scared to go to those things. I, I feel like every single one of my friends, one of my close friends, they're too scared to go. So it's like, who am I going to go with? I have to I have to drag my husband to go with me <laughs> every single time. If you can create any maze, what kind of maze would you like? What characters would you love to see in a maze or would you bring back a maze? I mean, it'd be so cool if they made a Harry Potter maze where you get go through the forest or something and then like the mentors are like following you. Oh, that would be so cool. So that's probably a maze that I would want to see. Oh my gosh. And then like, there's a scene where, oh, that would be so scary. Let's so you're walking through the forest and then you see um, Voldemort um, sucking the blood off a unicorn. Oh my gosh. And then like, you see the giant spider. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Universal, where are you at? that'd be such a good maze now we are going to transition I know you talked said that you did like sports and when you were in school so we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about college because we're high school seniors right now and we're getting our college admissions and decision letters back so just wanted to know like what was your process like in like the college full process thing <laughs> Well, for me, so, I mean, I didn't want to go to, like, a super expensive school, like USC or something like that. I wanted to go somewhere affordable, and I went to Cal State Fullerton, which um, is actually kind of close to Disneyland. A lot of people uh, who went to Cal State Fullerton also worked at Disneyland, which I thought was kind of funny. But right, my process, I mean, I was a really big nerd in school, so I graduated with a 4.2 GPA, uh, top 15 in my class um got you know the sash and everything and uh I was easily accepted into Cal State Fullerton and actually got a full ride there and I didn't have to pay for college which was really nice um so I would say that my admissions process was fairly easy just because I had worked so dang hard my entire like school career so Cal State Fullerton was actually the only college I applied to because again it was affordable and I had a very high chance of being accepted so I only applied to one, which is good because I think that you actually, you actually have to pay every time you apply somewhere, which I'm like, dang, that's expensive. I know some people applied to like 20 places. I was like, oh my gosh, you probably spent like hundreds of dollars just applying to uh, colleges. But yeah, I just applied to the one and I got accepted and then they gave me a scholarship and it was a good experience overall. Um, oh yeah, I, I remember having to take the SAT or something. I didn't get like amazing score on the SAT. But luckily, my grades were really good, and I was in sports, so um, that's what really helped. And yeah, I feel like it was a fairly smooth process because, again, I was quite the nerd, and I made sure to do absolutely everything I needed to do right on time. And um, yeah, so sorry that I wasn't like very detailed on it. <laughs> no, really great, thank you. Um, mm -hmm. What sport did you play? Because I know Joanna, she over here, she's a soccer. She was a soccer player. Was. Mm -hmm. um, was. <laughs> um so what sport did you play I always wanted to play basketball but I never put myself out there which I can never regret but hopefully college here we come <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So that'd be a lot of fun if you joined this part. But um, I played, uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I don't want to consider playing it because I ran cross country. Uh, cross country, I did one season of wrestling, um, but I didn't like it because I didn't want to hurt people. <laughs> but I, I technically did one season of wrestling, uh, volleyball and track and yeah, just track. So I was, I was most, mostly a runner. You were, you were athletic then because, you know, soccer is a lot of running and that was not my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, really? I think, I feel, I feel like I would be fine with the running portion of soccer, but the part where you have to like kick, there was one time where I was in middle school and I accidentally kicked someone's shin and then they started crying. I was like, oh man, I don't like soccer anymore because I accidentally kicked someone in the shin and like hurt them. So I liked running a lot better because we all stay in our own lanes. We all just leave each other alone and we could just like, it's just the fastest person wins and that's it. You don't have to actually like come into contact with anyone, which I thought was great. But yeah, yeah, soccer is a lot of hard work. <laughs> and for when you went to Fullerton, what was your major? I majored in communications uh, with a focus of, or an emphasis in entertainment and tourism. That's kind of similar, kind of similar to what you want to major in, no? Don't say. Like, is that kind of related to English in a way or no? Um, no, not really, because English is about, is more like writing and communications is more like PR and, which, I mean, they are kind of similar because you can get into journalism in communications or you could just play yeah. major in journalism. Um, but English, I feel, is more like literature and, um, yeah, more like literature <laughs> and like if you want to become an author and things like that. Um, but communications is more um, like learning how to speak to the masses. And what made you want to do that major? Like, did you know from an early age that you wanted that or you like went in undecided? And... Uh, I went in with a um, psychology major because I thought I was going to become a psychiatrist uh, because I, I like listening to people, I like talking to people and you know, helping them through their issues. Um, however, once I actually took my first psychology class in college and I learned that it's like 10 plus years uh, more of school mm -hmm. and you have to like open your, or you have to work for a, um, basically work under another psychi psychiatrist for a while. And then the only way you could really make a good amount of money is if you um, open your own practice and that takes a lot of time and you need to like build your clientele and I'm just like no that's too much work <laughs> so I'm going to change my major and I kind of randomly changed it to communications I was like that, which one's the major that has the least amount of math oh communications all right I'll change it to communications <laughs> so um, luckily I actually really really love that major and I changed it my very first year of college so I didn't have to like redo any class or anything so it all worked out absolutely perfectly so I would suggest to you to take uh if you're going to major in English take a bunch of English courses and if you love it then you know you could continue with your English major but if you just happen to hate it hey at least you took it your first year and like you know immediately that you don't want to continue uh, I'm so grateful that I took that psychology class that first year because if I did if I had waited and I took it like my later years uh, then I may have just like wasted like a year or two being in a major that I didn't want to be in. So, yeah. So it's all about like experiences. Yes, definitely. Definitely experience um, uh, the things that you even the things that you believe that you would like 
but then also college kind of makes you try things that you would never actually try yourself like you have to redo all the sciences and like they make you do like um well, at least my college did it made you do like a speech course or um a theater course like something related to like public speaking so even if you don't think that you like public speaking, they kind of make you do it as a requirement. So maybe if you take that class, you may find that you love public speaking, kind of things like that. So college is definitely a time to like discover your actual interests. So yeah, just be just be aware of that. You may be so set on one thing and then you actually try it. You're like, oh, I hate this or oh, you know what? Yes, I do actually really love this. So yeah. I mean, it's funny because from a young age, I was like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. And then I grew up and now I'm like, wow, I want to be an English something. I want to write uh-huh. a book. That's like so different. <laughs> or I want to be a journalist. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you got into, well, you went to Fullerton and both Dulce and I were accepted to Fullerton. And oh, we congratulations. To, thank you. <laughs> so we just wanted to know, like, what was your experience there at Fullerton? Did you really enjoy it? Any tips for that school? I really, really enjoyed Cal State Fullerton, not gonna lie. It's very affordable. Um, I mean, they, they did pay for my school, so like <laughs> that that plays a big part of it. But um, also, if, if you didn't immediately get a scholarship right off the bat, if you get good grades, you can apply for it and they could potentially give you scholarships based on your grades then. Um, but yeah, they, they had excellent facilities. The campus is beautiful. Um, the, they have a, a bunch of places to get help. Um, their library is uh, very helpful as well, but they also, it, within that library, I believe they also have like tutors in there, like people that you could talk to to uh, help you, which I thought was, was fantastic. Um, what else did they have there? Oh, they have like, uh, like their health services section. So even, even if like you get hurt, you need a bandaid, you need something health-wise, you can go there as well. It's just like everything that you need is on campus. Uh, if you need to relax, there's the, I think it's called the TSU, Titan Student Union, because you're a Titan if you go to Cal State Fullerton. Um, and it's like a place where you could buy food and you could relax and you can meet other people. They have a bunch of clubs that are also really uh, great and fantastic for meeting new people. I know that Cal State Fullerton is known to be a commuter college. So people just go to school and then after they're done with their classes, they just leave. But I would suggest that you join clubs and you meet new people because I mean, not only is it great to just like have a bunch of friends in school and stuff, but also networking really, really helps in getting a job after college. So I would definitely suggest joining a club and being sociable because you never know who you're gonna meet and if they will know some, if they either them themselves or they know someone who can help you in your future career. Um, And then one of the things I did not like about Cal State Fullerton is their parking. Their parking is terrible. (laughs) Always make sure that you get there at least like 20 minutes early before your class because I mean you're gonna have a hard time finding parking. I mean I don't know how it how it's changed with the you know with the you know COVID-19 and stuff but with my experience it was always so hard to find parking every single day so just so you know. Oh yeah that's we gotta definitely arrive early but I feel like I kind of got accustomed to that because the high school we go to right now when we were in person same situation bad bad parking there was not even enough parking for the teachers and the like the teacher parking sometimes they had to park farther than the students that would drive to school so 
we yeah must be nice to relate that you have driver's license I don't (laughs) (laughs) someday someday it's a work in progress (laughs) a work in progress okay well what another thing that I wanted to ask about college is that I know a lot of times people always criticize like college food so I just and I feel like that's a big part because you know you're eating there at the school so how was the Fullerton food the Fullerton food was actually pretty good not gonna lie it was a step up from high school food that's for sure where in high school food you got you get this like soggy meal but in um at Fullerton they actually have I think they actually have an on-site um Starbucks and on-site Carl's Jr. um and then right across the street there's like a Togo's and there's just like regular restaurants you could go to so you don't have to actually eat the on-campus food um but even the on-campus food they have like a little like to-go section where you can get like sandwiches or pre-packed I don't know what else like oatmeal probably um but you know it wasn't bad not gonna lie and none of their food is actually that bad it was pretty good actually I think that's all the questions we have including college right Joe or do you have anything you want to add no that was my last question so yeah thank you so much I could just wrap up like we just wanted to ask you one more question so do you have any advice for anyone that wants to be like a youtuber influencer or anything like in the social media world definitely um a couple tips if you haven't started yet start just just do it just go ahead and start I know there's a lot of people who want to be social media people other youtuber instagram tiktok but they're afraid to start they're afraid of what others might i don't think of them or i don't know they they want to start off um being awesome right at the start but you can always build on top of that if you don't have the best lighting if you don't have the best camera like it's okay just you just start and you'll learn along the way so that's one tip uh, for those of you who haven't started yet but want to because I know for me, it took me a couple months to finally start my YouTube channel because I was nervous. Um, what will my family think? Even though I was like, I'm not doing anything bad or embarrassing. I was just like scared to be on the internet and like, you know, put myself out there. And it is very intimidating if you've never really done it before. So I would suggest just start trying to do your best and then you can learn along the way. And uh, if you already uh, trying your best to uh, say become an Instagrammer or a YouTuber again um, and you're not uh, seeing that growth that you want to then I would definitely suggest that uh, you do some collaborations. Collaborations help a lot. It helps uh, discover you because otherwise I don't really see how people can really find you unless of course you're also sharing uh, or posting shareable content uh, shareable content is kind of hard to explain quickly, but essentially, is your content uh, informational? Is it sensational? And is it um, easily replicated? Because those are the, the kinds of content that get shared. So if you're not sharing those kinds of content, you want to try it out, see if um, you get more attention from it then uh, definitely try that out as well. And then also, again, the collaborations, find people who share similar content to you and have a different, but like slightly different um, followers than you. So you could expose each other to each other's followers and then grow from there as well. So yeah, that, those are the tips I have for you today. That's it. You see, we really kind of got a head start. Okay, so 
but here I, I go <laughs> we're gonna expose ourselves a little okay so Dulce has been wanting to start a channel for a, a while now I think she's working on that but I started one for like a short period of time I ended up quitting it I don't know but when when I did have it Dulce and I did a collab see where we got it Dulce even though I quit <laughs> we did the collab we did a baking collab, although she was on the phone because it happened in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. She, my phone was just there. She was on the little screen. That's funny. So you guys were baking together, but collabing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a fun experience. Um, yeah, I mean, like, she, she has a YouTube channel. Um, I'm still waiting on new content, but it's okay. Um, I've always wanted to start one. So this is really inspirational. So thank you so much. Also, I do want to bring this up because this is something that we've been planning for a long time for this podcast. So I remember during one of the lives, someone asked you about acting or like, how do you get into roles about acting? And do you have any advice on that aspect of it? On acting? I've actually never been like in an acting role. So I I don't have any advice. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, the only experience I have in acting kind of was when uh, Disney hired me to film a commercial for their um, the Frozen Adventures game, like their mobile game. So they took me to D23, which is like their Disney convention. And they had me film a commercial there where they gave me some lines. And I was so nervous that my the pitch of my voice is like 10 times higher than it normally is. And I was speaking like five times faster than normal. Um, and I was very nervous and I couldn't remember my lines. So I am a very uh, like not good person to, <laughs> to ask about acting. But again, that was another opportunity that just came along with the whole social media thing. Oh, I never mentioned that the whole reason I actually wanted to be on social media and make this my career is because when I was younger, I did want to model, but I only grew to 5'2". And to model, you have to be at least 5'8". And I was like, well, there goes my hopes and dreams. <laughs> but that's when I found out that Bethany Moda was modeling for, I forget what, Aerie or American Eagle or something like that. And I was like, what? She's like my height. I think she's like 5'5", five five, but still. And the fact that she was like modeling, and I was like, wait, why did she get this opportunity? It was, it was because she has a large following on YouTube. Okay, well, now I want to have a large following on YouTube. So maybe one day, those opportunities could open up to me and sure enough after you know a few years of working on social media and building my following those opportunities have opened up similarly if you are wanting to get into acting um like in the non-traditional way you want to do it through social media I know that um like Charlie D'Amelio and uh Addison Ray from TikTok since they became so popular now they're moving into mainstream media, and I believe Addison, Addison Ray is coming out with a movie um, in a couple of years. So you know, if you want to take the social media route to acting, then you could do it too. But the normal acting, like applying to go to auditions and stuff, um, again, I don't really know too much about it, but I know that's the normal way. Like you could go onto some websites where you could apply to um, attend auditions or auditions. And then you drop to drive to LA and audition and then hopefully you get a call back and like stuff like that. So yeah, I don't really know too much about it, but I know that much. So yeah, thank you so much. That was really helpful. Um, it's 
because we wanted to do something like that um we wanted to kind of experiment um us being like actors and then just kind of giving our experience on the podcast so that's something we wanted to do and I just I wanted to ask if that's something you've done okay yeah I haven't done it but I know some people who have and they explain to me what their experience is it's a lot of driving for sure like my friend um she's she's an actress and she was telling me that she always has to drive to LA for all these auditions and like she has to sit in traffic for like two hours and then go to an audition that takes like 10 minutes and then not get a call back so I'm like oh that sounds horrible but I mean if that's your dream then it's definitely worth it because eventually one day you're going to get casted and it could be your big break and you could be the next like big star so I mean it, it depends on how passionate you are about it and um how much time you want to um put into it time and money as well because I mean driving all that way <laughs> it takes up a lot of money plus in LA uh, for the most part you have to pay anywhere you park so yeah <laughs> well those were our last questions so thank you so much for being here and sharing about your book and your career on social media I'm sure everyone will enjoy it and let us know everyone what you thought about it and make sure to go and pre how, how do you say it pre is it pre-save in oh, pre-order Oh, pre-order. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not an author. Oh, no worries. <laughs> pre-order Crystal's book, Casual Cosplay. And it's available Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Books a million. <laughs> All right. So there you go. So thank you so much again for being here. And we'll see you next week, everyone. I just want to say thank you so, so much for having me on your podcast. It's been so much fun. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Don't forget to follow us on our socials. At Lemon Talk Podcast on Instagram, at Lemon Talk Podcast on TikTok, at Lemon Talk Pod, that's Lemon Talk P-O-D on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Crystal on our socials. So on Instagram, it's at Crystal Everdeen. My YouTube channel is also Crystal Everdeen and TikTok at Crystal Everdeen. So everything's at Crystal Everdeen. If you want to go ahead and follow me on there, that'd be really awesome. And let me know that you came from Lemon Talk because I think that'd be really fun to know. Yeah, so thank you so much, everyone. Um, thank you, Crystal, so much for being here. And we're super excited to read your book. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much again. And I hope you have a magical day. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.